The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. episode of silence your phones your movie review podcast found on the network exclusively at bicbp-radio.com i'm one of your hosts chris chavez joined as always by corona free sean fritz i hope your hand is healing what's up dude so update coronavirus free uh i've had as of mid-october two tests as of thursday yesterday uh this past week my third Still holding it down, healthy immune system, nice. hands almost back to normal. Nice fingernails are a little suspect, but yeah, yeah uh, you know. But uh, a okay, thumbs up, middle finger up because that's the boobooest one, and <laughs> um, that's that's my story. So you're you're doing all these tests because you're traveling for work. Is that the reason? Yeah. So well, so the uh, the one that I took in October was because was yes for for that same reason I, I had a work trip. And I drove, even though the state of Pennsylvania is like, hey, be healthy, be safe, but don't go out in public. And I, of course, crossed state lines yep. like a bootlegger. And, <laughs> but, you know, I figure that one. Looking over your shoulder the whole time, like you're committing crimes. Are you kidding? I got the sunglasses with the mirrors in the side so that I can, <laughs> like those old spy tech. Remember those, the spy tech, <laughs> yeah. spy gear stuff? You got the little, the little uh, satellite dish hanging out of your ear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the old uh, the old playground, playground James Bond stuff. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I took it in October. Was just on my own accord to take it because I hadn't had one since June, and I figured it'd probably be a good idea to to do that. And with this most recent one, I'm going to Rhode Island Ooh. in mid November. So okay. Rhode Island, you go to their website and they're like, "Hey, if you are in any state that is in the union except Rhode Island, we pretty much don't want you here." <laughs> Basically, and. And also Guam, Puerto Rico, USVI. If you're coming by air, by land, or by water, you're not wanted. Yeah, yeah. If Paul Revere could see you, <laughs> don't be here. So, so I uh, I had to go get a test. Uh, I had to get a test within 72 hours of departure, and I'm leaving tomorrow, or with 72 hours of arrival. I'm leaving tomorrow, so I have to have. So I got it Thursday. Results should come back sometime today or early tomorrow. But you also have to register when you're coming in on the state website and that was kind of interesting and i also have to have a an affidavit it's pre-filled and i just put my name and i sign it that says i am uh, here's my test staple a copy of it to it give it to the hotel and i'm coronavirus free as of within 72 hours of arrival but keep one for myself in case someone basically decides to go all arizona and f- stop me and frisk me on the streets you gotta have your papers dude I, I do. It's this I, I is gotta, a weird world we're living in, dude. You got to show papers. You have to be able to show that you're. It's like when we were talking about at the the very first episode of this show, this podcast, Contagion, 
when they had that remember the bracelet that they scanned to let you know that you were okay you were without you know without the that virus? you were inoculated yeah, well, that you were either immune or inoculated. Dude, that's literally where we are now, except it's just papers. But how much do you want to bet they're just going to move it to some sort of wristband that you get that's just got a you know, a barcode on it that all they have to do is scan it? None of this staple I, the papers garbage anymore. You know, I would, I would be okay with that. And to revisit that whole conversation, then what else is that information used for besides exactly. tracking your travel? But where you've been, where you're going, before you enter every store, you have to wear it before you, you know, or have to have it scanned. It's it's almost a, a police state of sorts. And that's a whole other conversation that, that you too can revisit on the Silence Your Phones archive. Not only Contagion, but Blade Runner. <laughs> exactly. Dude, it's a, it's, a, it's a mad world. It's a mad, mad world. It's a um, mad, 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 so mad world, which is, is the, not on the list for some reason. Is the, um, is the, the test still the shove it up into your brain test is that what they do now oh yeah no they don't do it it you do it they make you do the work oh and it's there's nothing more comfortable than jamming a q-tip into your skull oh god how high up do you have to go one inch and then you have to rotate it slowly for 15 seconds oh an inch an inch past the actual like the 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 bone the nasal cavity no 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 just an inch into your nose itself okay okay well, I sho- I sho- I shove my entire pinky down to the knuckle in there, so it's not a big deal. Hey, we all did that when we were kids. <laughs> Remember doing the thing where you fold over your finger and act like you shoved your entire finger up your nose? Or you turn sideways and and just like shove it up in the outside. Just <laughs> If you have a really big... Okay, so first of all, if you have a... I love terms for, for noses, especially big ones like beak, honk, hunker, yeah, um, you know, uh, you know uh, airport landing zone, you know, <laughs> runway. Uh, but yeah, it only works if you have a really good beak. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Oh man. So yeah, the world's crazy, dude. And that's why I love that we do this show. We do a show where we can just kind of escape into movies that, uh, that I guess it's, it's more controlled chaos, right? Like we know we're safe no matter what we're watching or what's going on. And it's, it's like, it's not going to affect us, but we have a chance to escape and experience these things. Um, this 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 movie we did this time for this episode uh is a different kind of world man it's it's reality obviously but not yeah it's a, it's a little different and um uh, you know it, it goes back to that old it, it's it's definitely it's like they live in that it's john carpenter and then it's the 80s and that yes. there's no cell phones so yes. there's you know a lot of moving by foot and such yeah and it's just kind of like well oh yeah you got to remember all this stuff too but it's yeah it's a very strange world going back into the yesteryears really um oh yeah the movie we're talking about is halloween 3 season of the witch you don't really know much about halloween halloween the barriers will be down between the real and the unreal and the dead might be looking in the last great one took place 3,000 years ago when the hills ran red. Halloween, the You happen to know anything about this Cochran? All I can tell you, mister, is watch out. Season He's watching you, friend, I guarantee you that. Trick or treat, trick or treat. Hey, Mr. Cochran, just what is the final process? Fellas, I was just kidding. Witchcraft. To us, it was a way of controlling our environment. Hey! 
Where are they taking her? They're taking her to the factory. I want a mask. Can I have a mask? Uh, just what I had in mind for you, little buddy. Why, Congress? Why? Do I need a reason? I've got nothing here to indicate there was ever a body at all. Operator, this is an emergency. I do love a good joke, and this is the best ever. A joke on the children. I'm glad you'll be able to watch it. You've got to believe me. They're going to kill us. All of us. Stop it! The world's going to change tonight, Doctor. Happy Halloween. Stop it! Halloween 3. Season of the Witch. The night no one comes home. Now, have you ever seen this before This we watch this? I haven't seen any Halloween movies, quite honestly. So, oh, I think you did say that, which yeah. kind of blew me away. Like, I feel like everybody has at least been introduced to the first one. Everyone knows of the movies and that, you know, no, not everyone knows the original mask was oh, just a William Shatner mask, yeah. spray painted white. But, you know, it, it's I, I'm familiar with the idea of a lumbering undead as it were you know dead brother stalking jamie lee curtis and simultaneously creating you know springboarding her career but also springboarding that of the scream queen and the horror slasher yeah at least into into pop culture we i was having this conversation last night with a, a friend who's into horror films and he was asking what, what what i thought was the first slasher film and then the discussion turned to uh psycho like psycho could be considered the first slasher film however it didn't really create the kind of mystique that halloween did with michael myers and this kind of stalking you know force of evil that you just can't stop you know what i mean and then i think that's what we tie to slasher um but this one doesn't have Michael Myers. Were you aware of that going in? Like, were, did you already know the story behind Halloween three? Yes, because you told me. Okay, okay. I wasn't sure if I'd given it. To, I told you about that. You, um, you just told me that it wasn't. It was a, a an anthology, an envisioning of an anthology. Yes. And then, of course, they, that I think fell flat on its face. <laughs> Unfortunately, because people were expecting Michael Myers. So you know, you have the popularity. He was in the movie. Oh, he was. He definitely made the appearance. Uh, you had the popularity of the first one, uh, which spurned the second one, which wasn't what Car- Carpenter wanted to do. He wanted to have anthology standalone films, kind of like, uh, you know, American Horror Story style in movie form. Um, so he came back. They did, too. And when they were asked to come back to do a third film, the only re- the only way that he and Deborah Hill, who was the other producer, uh, would come back is if they did Halloween three. Um, without Michael Myers and the the studio at first was like, uh, come on, we need to have Michael Myers. They're like, no, we're not going to do it. But they really wanted to get the team together uh, and get a good film out there. So they put this film out and it did not do so well. People were not happy that this was not a continuation of the story. Um, but you know, it, it is what it is. I enjoy it. I, I I like it for what it is, but this also spurned another kind of conversation. I think you and I talked about this before. If not, it was a recent conversation I had. Uh, if you remove Halloween from the moniker from this from the title of this thing, if it was just called Season of the Witch, would that change 
you know, people's opinions who had gone in expecting a Michael Myers film. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, there when you call when you set it up as a as a sequel, like okay, let's take something that's completely different here than than a Halloween or a horror movie. Let's take Aladdin, and the sequel to Aladdin, which was a big movie, the the original, mm-hmm. mind you, the sequel was the Return of Jafar because Jafar was the bad guy. If it was just Aladdin two, you would expect more Aladdin, less of Jafar. Yeah, but when they call it, I mean, it, I think it was like the Return of Jafar. Maybe they didn't even include the the name Aladdin into it initially, and maybe like in further re-releases they did. But it was a direct to DVD thing. I think it was actually direct to VHS, but that's beside the point. Uh, it's uh, it, it didn't say Aladdin two: The Return of Jafar initially, so it was just a movie you're expecting about Jafar the parrot and maybe some side characters, but you're not expecting Aladdin. Now I've never seen it, so maybe my point makes falls on deaf ears or completely flat, mm-hmm. but. I wasn't expecting, I wouldn't expect Aladdin to be in the movie. It would be Jafar, the rise of Jafar. Why is Jafar such a dick bag? Things of that nature. <laughs> exactly, right? Um, but this film, again, people are looking for Michael Myers and it didn't happen. And so, you know, it did. It did not do so well initially. But as years went on, people continued to go back and revisit this film and give it a second chance and, and, and look at it with the eyes of, okay, let's look at this not expecting anything to do with Michael Myers. Let's just look at this as a story in a film. And it, this film actually has quite a cult following in the horror community now. It's, it's considered, you know, a, um, a favorite of many, many Halloween fans. Uh, so let's get into what this film is. Let's get into the plot. Basically, the idea here is that there it's it's Halloween time in, in this town in California, and at the very beginning of film, we know something ha- something nefarious is going on with masks. When you see this dude running away from this car that's chasing him, right, and he's got this mask in his hand, uh, the the orange pumpkin, and he's at and he comes to the, the gas station. He's asking this guy to help him, and and uh, basically he ends up getting you know these these weird guys in suits stalk him down and uh, chase him down to a hospital and end up killing him. And this is what brings in our main character. Our main character is a a doctor at the hospital. Now, initially, dude, I got to tell you in this, this story, my first thought was just like, why is this doctor so like hell bent on being a detective? Well, he's also hell bent on not changing into actual doctor gear, just putting on a lab coat. He also wants to be a DA or not a DA, like you said, a detective, but he also wants to be the coroner and he he also wants to be a player, man. This guy is all about every woman he meets. There you go. This guy. So we follow this doctor who uh, he gets fascinated with this guy's death um, and wants to find out why, why this guy was murdered. And he comes in contact with the guy's daughter. Uh, I'm assuming it was a strange daughter. That's how it came across in the film. And the two of them decide, let's try to figure out what's going on with my dad's death. Uh, the dad ends up owning a a costume shop, and they find that he had you know last been to a a small town where these masks the, the you know the, one of the masks that he was holding where they were made. So these two you know the doctor and the daughter head out to this town, and we find out again. And I don't know what's with the theme of our our shows lately, but we we seem to be watching all of these movies that are these towns that are controlled by the one kind of billionaire or or businessman in the town. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, that's the case here. There's this factory that's churning out these masks, these Halloween masks, Silver Shamrock masks. That's the name of the company, Silver Shamrock. 
uh, churning out these masks and everybody in the town has this kind of weird vibe to them. Um, it seems like there's no real police in this town, the real police or even doctors, hospitals, everything is within a one factory, which is another strange thing. And, and basically the rest of this movie is them trying to figure out what's going on with this factory. Why are all these people, you know, strange? Why did the dad die under mysterious circumstances and what the hell's going on in that factory? And boy, isn't it quite a surprise when they find out it's obviously a lot of uh, supernatural things going on. Yeah, it, it it took a turn. I could sort of see it happening, but there were there were some very instant. You know, you have that understanding, and and you know, at the same time of the reveal. So there's it did a good job of not tipping its hand too much, and and letting you discover it at the same time as you know whatever's happening on on screen. Yeah, basically, what we come to find out is that there's something wrong with these masks. These masks are no bueno. Uh, and the problem is, is there are kids all over the country that are buying this mask because it has got the most, um, infectious kind of earworm marketing ever. The commercial in this song or in in this show has this song that's just nonstop throughout the entire movie, the countdown to Halloween. Yeah. I'd like to take credit for writing it, but, um, I'm, I wasn't born when this movie came out and therefore I wouldn't have been in marketing. (laughs) This is probably one of the most famous parts about this movie is this song. When you sing this song, anybody who's ever seen this movie knows exactly what you're what you're referencing. It's the uh, the countdown days to Halloween with the little silver shamrock tag at the end. But yeah, we find out that these masks are no good, and then uh, it comes down to these this doctor and the the daughter to try to stop this uh, factory the the owner of the factory the owner of the company from basically killing children. And he just, I mean, it's like, what the hell was the point? Uh, he's like, it's its fun. This is what we did want you, to do. Did you ever take notice? And it's a, I, I only know this because I'm reading the Wikipedia article mm-hmm. that the it's to the tune of London Bridge. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I never, I, I mean, I only watched it once, this movie, but. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's it's the tune of London Bridge, but it's the the two more days still high. But the best thing is when you hear that boom, bing, boom, bing, boom, bing, right at the beginning, every mm-hmm. single time you're like, oh, here it comes again. It's like the beginning of UFC. Like when they would run the commercials for the very original UFCs, there where it was go. like that guy beating on the big bass drum that was the world. Exactly. It's also, and the other thing about this commercial too, is there's this narr- narrator that keeps saying, don't get, or get ready kids. It's one more day to Halloween. And he's basically instructing them to make sure they put these masks on and are sitting in front of their televisions at a certain time for a special treat. Uh, yeah, what's this so giveaway? They never announced the giveaway either. What 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 they were actually giving away? Yeah, they didn't want you to know. The big giveaway was uh was was a special thing, and and so everybody's all excited, and uh, that's it, dude. Like that's the plot of the film is that that's happening, and it's it's up to the doctor and this daughter to try to stop it from happening. And then you find out, you know, you know, the underlying thing behind it, the Stonehenge tie and all this stuff. It was you subtle. Know, it, it gets very out subtle, there, dude. Yeah. It gets out there. But in, ter- in terms of the plot, I would have to say, you know, it's it's not like it's too convoluted. It's like what you said, though. It's they they take their time letting you know certain things. So at times you start to go, wait, what? Where did that come from? Yeah, but it wasn't like. Um, they live where you're like, where did this fight in the back alley take come from? <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, this case, it can't, it, it's the kind of like surprise of like, whoa, like like it took a turn and not this like, wait. Did we miss a page in the script? What the hell just happened? 
Yeah, no, they, the, the pacing, I think, was good enough that it was, you know, the, the, and the story was engaging enough that it actually kept, kept you in as a viewer and you weren't like, oh, well, let's see what's going on on Facebook. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, this was one of those movies where I don't pull out my phone halfway through just to see what else is going on. Um, all right, let's move on to the next part of our show here. Let's talk, uh, let's talk about the actors and the acting. First up, we have Dr. Daniel Chalice is played by veteran, horror veteran Tom Atkins, dude. Are you familiar with this guy's work? I'm not familiar with anybody in this movie. Really, dude? Tom Atkins is huge in horror. Uh, he was in The Fog, 1980s The Fog. He was Never in Esca- Escape from New York. Oh, I did see that. Creep That's show. actually a good movie. Didn't <laughs> He's see in that. Creep Show, uh, Night of the Creeps, Lethal Weapon, Maniac Cop. He's literally in Maniac Cop. Um, I mean, this dude's been in, uh, he's literally a legend in when it comes to horror films. Um, but this is one of his, his, one of his roles, this one and, and the fog were his two big, you know, roles in terms of the well, maniac cops, a big one too. Uh, but overall, you know, this is what I always knew him from, uh, at least from, from, you know, all the movies I've seen him in. This is the one that I like. I, I've always liked this character. what did you think of Tom Atkins as a uh, Dr. Daniel Chalice? Well, I'm looking, so I'm going to, you're you're probably just going to hang up on me right now. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at his IMD or well his yeah his, basically his IMDb on Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Um, I have seen Escape from New York. Mm-hmm. I do, and this movie <laughs> of all of the movies he's been in, I have not seen any other movie listed here. Wow. Wow. I know, dude. The fog too is a is a is considered a classic nineteen eighties uh, horror film, supernatural horror. We'll have to give that a shot at some point. Uh, I feel like we're gonna have to do a month dedicated to straight eighties horror. I think that'd be a good time. Yeah, I think I can go with that. Um, but, um, Tom Atkins, dude. Yeah, as far as him, um, well, he doesn't strike me as a leading man, especially when he's trying to get all, especially when he's got all these women, like this harem of women that. He doesn't, they don't know about each other. First, there's the ex-wife, right? The one that's still kind of like, ah, they're, they're somewhat friendly, but she still gives him a hard time. Yeah. Yeah, she was a peach, wasn't she? Yeah, then the coroner who, <laughs> uh, you knew they had a fl- fling at some point because they were talking about going out to dinner and doing something together. Uh, how about the nurse in the hallway when he just slaps her ass, dude? I was just like, oh, wow. Whoa. <laughs> it's not happening anymore. Yeah, this guy's, uh, yeah, uh, this character is, yeah, he's, he's something, but man, he, uh, doesn't strike me as leading man action, definitely not leading action man material. Uh, but I guess if he's in the horror genre and I see that he has worked with John Carpenter before, obviously there's a, there's a shorthand or there's a, you know, there's a, a, a a good working relationship, but wowzers, uh, he, 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 he satisfied the part, I think, well, but. You know, when you compare him with uh, with Stacy Nelkin uh, in terms of age, and you know, she's not uh, she she's she's an attractive woman. He's uh, a little weathered and just has a big head. It was very weird that immediate mm-hmm. kind of like they met each other. They go investigate the store. They decide they're gonna just take a road trip immediately. He stops to get a six pack of beer. Call his wife. Says he's not. His ex wife says he's not going to be taking the kids for the weekend. They Dick go move, and by get the way. a. They go and get a hotel, dude. And then immediately it's just like, all right, let's fuck. 
Yeah, and by the way, that was weird too when they were uh, <laughs> like when he like later in the movie where he he uh, where she's wearing this whatever the hell it was this yeah. swimsuit lingerie and like there were hands and body parts involved. I'm like mm, that doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> Definitely a low budget indie movie. <laughs> oh God, dude! But yeah, Stacy Nelkin. Um, I mean, her performance as this it's it, it was. I think it was it, it was adequate. She wasn't anything that's super memorable, you know, but she it felt like, you know, she could have been the daughter that was concerned and trying to figure out what was happening. It I don't know. She was okay. I, for me she was almost like a Kristen Stewart. Just kind of there, satisfies the role. Yeah. There wasn't anything that was super memorable for me. Um agreed. Mr. Cochran though, Dan O'Hurley. Star of RoboCop. <laughs> did you did you immediately be like were you immediately like, "Oh, Hey, it's RoboCop, the guy from RoboCop. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I knew he was in this movie. Okay. Just because I had looked it up when we talked about it last. I liked I liked his character. You know, he comes across as that slimy, there's something not not okay with him at first when you first come across the character. Uh, and then at the end when he, you could just see there was like he, this kind of indifference to what he was doing, this almost glee. Yeah, he, he was very arrogant. Also very proper and very regal at the same time. And, you know, everyone put him on a pedestal and obviously he ran with it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I don't think this guy has probably ever turned in a bad performance. No. Um, Overall, let's see who else was in this film. Anyone big time, big name? They had, you know, there was a couple of character actors. There was uh, Ralph Strait and and Jadine Barber. They played the uh, the cuffer, the couple that came to with their kid uh, to the the hotel in their camper. Um, oh, but he was the that... top salesman of the of the Silver Shamrock, and he was he was there to get a tour of the place. And then you actually find out there was actually more to why he he and his family uh-huh. were there. <laughs> that wife was a mess, though. She oh, was yeah. like as as vain as you can get. You see the eyes she was given, Dr. Daniel Chillis, dude? She was like, when she first met him, she's kind of looking him up and down. And that's what you're saying. He's like, how is he the leading man? But he just seems to be pulling all the women. Yeah, I don't I don't get it, but okay. Um, We did have a cameo of Nick Castle as Michael Myers and Jamie Lee Curtis in this as, film, uh, yep. which was funny, dude. I remember the first time I said, I wouldn't say the first time, but watching this again, Seeing it come up, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. There is the reference to the first Halloween film. Yeah, not much, though. No, it's a commercial. It's a commercial bit for a TV station basically saying, you know, this is you don't don't forget to tune into, you know, Halloween the night he came home, uh, which is pretty sweet. I like that. I, I like to kind of touch on the fact that, hey, you want Michael Myers? Here you go. Here's a little Michael Myers for you. Now back to our film. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll satisfy everybody and we'll tie it semi together that. This these happenings uh, occur within the they they were dramatized in the uh, universe that this movie takes place within. Exactly. So um, overall, for me, the acting the acting was sufficient. This feels like nineteen eighty early nineteen eighties acting. Uh, nothing is too overboard. There are some characters that play they the you know the actors and actresses chose to play a little overboard, but overall, I think it was a it was a pretty good cast and and the acting is, it was pretty decent. Yeah, yeah, it's it's satisfactory. I think that's kind of sums it up. There you go. Let's move on to music and soundtrack. Uh, 
this is again produced by John Carpenter. So if you listen to a lot of the score, you will hear a lot of familiar kind of melody patterns that kind of mimic the ho- the original Halloween score. Mm-hmm. I noticed that. Yeah, a lot of synth. Uh, Ken, we're eighty two, so there's a lot of synth in the score. There's no real, um, no real kind of uh, songs. There's no actual songs on this soundtrack. It's all score, uh, except for the Silver Shamrock song, which this plays throughout the entire movie. And like I said, it becomes an earworm. It becomes by the end of the film, it's stuck in your head. Yeah, it, and they play it. It's it's you know what they play it almost as much as that thing you do plays the song that thing you do <laughs> yeah yeah seriously this is one of those like or the, bad boys 2 plays shake your tail feather oh did that play more than once oh it oh, did play that more diff- different right. parts of the song i think they might have played that whole song 400 times throughout that movie but mm-hmm. if you put all those little chunks together it's just one playing of the song yeah exactly other than that, I mean, the music on this and the soundtrack is straightforward. You know, John Carpenter score with Alan uh, composed with Alan Howarth. Uh, you know, a lot of the kind of you know ominous synth stuff that he did. Like I said, a lot of the melodies kind of harken back to the first Halloween score, but they're changed up. It, you know, what it feels like is you know how like where you're not allowed to to if if you're doing a TV show and you want to use popular music you're not allowed to you kind mm-hmm. of make your own melody or play certain ones kind of you switch certain notes around but it still has the same feel of that melody that's what this felt like like this is what was the uh the the um what what's, what's like, the word unlicensed well, version of the first Halloween films score almost like a a remix where you it's that little bitty ching theirs goes dun 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 and mine goes dun 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 it's that little bitty ching it's totally different it's a totally different song it's not it's not even the same yeah no but to you know this one again and we we talk about this on this show that when it comes to soundtrack when you're do you have a score you want a score that doesn't throw you off that it feels natural with what you're watching and this definitely fit it it wasn't anything that you were just like whoa this doesn't sound right Absolutely. It, it it definitely helped the way you should feel as well. I mean, especially in the beginning where mm-hmm. you have, you know, the whole impetus of the movie, you have the, uh, what Ellie's dad and he's just running all over the place. There's no, and, and this speaks to, you know, uh, I think something we talked about before, there's no dialogue for the first five or so minutes mm-hmm. and it's just ominous. The The music is subtle enough and it fills the gap of, of and it's quiet enough but it it that strike that mixed with no dialogue just really helps bring the uh you know the movie in and you and you get that ominous feeling of ooh what's going on here yeah exactly exactly uh so overall yeah soundtrack the score sound is is pretty on point for for what the film is let's go on to special effects Um, so the first piece of special effects we see in this film is when a guy gets basically his skull torn forward from his eye sockets. It was the the craziest fucking thing. I just thought he ripped his face forward, like hit the skin of his face forward. But apparently they, they later said that he pulled his, like his skull in half. Yeah. He literally reached in through the eye sockets and just 
pulled up and that's what basically the bridge of his nose just rips straight out it was just it's so insane but how does that kill you that's what i want to know i guess it pulls your brain stem with it and because you're <laughs> shifting the skull maybe I, there's I don't know. something dude but immediately the dude just kind of like flops for a little bit and dies um, but that's some special effects we see in there. We do see a guy get his head torn off by these two, uh, you know, which we find out later are robotic, you know, robotic men. And so that's also another piece, like the robotic thing. When when uh, when Atkins' character kind of starts punching the crap out of his his gut, and then realizing he's he's actually breaking through, and he rips out, you know, all the wires, all that baby food puree. <laughs> yeah I, I the when when they rip that guy's head off the i guess the homeless guy in the in the town for mm-hmm. talking badly about talking shit cochran he uh you know the the sound effects were just the standard you know there's the standard sound effects like the 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 18 wheeler that goes by in the distance mm-hmm. even if you're standing right in front of it it's in everything uh there's the the it was like the i'm i'm trudging through like a goopy type thing and there's yeah. that like the the squelching and whatever they definitely use that with with this one i was like oh that's that's a standard open source whatever the open non-copywritten sound effect yeah yeah basically um overall those you know special effects we had some sparks little explosions here and there uh oh we did have the explosions uh we had the oh how about when the kid is is has the mask on and he's watching the the commercial and all of a sudden it starts to melt around him and all the bugs mm-hmm. come pouring out yeah i mean that that's probably just i mean most there is one uh that's not but i think most of these are practical effects and yeah. that was probably just a wax head um you know that started to melt mm-hmm. but you know I, I thought that was very well done then the snake when the snake comes out and i'm like oh man yeah that's that's intense. There's something about that, right? There's something primal about seeing the snake just kind of pouring out of the human, I don't know, the human carcass. That's just, it's revolting. Well, and even more so like that one, the snake didn't come out head or tail first. It came out like it was being pulled by a hook. Ugh. And, you know, like, because it came out like the middle of its body and then like the yeah. head and the tail came out pretty much at the same time. Uh, it was, yeah, it's very, very just kind of makes my skin crawl. And all the bugs, too, those bugs just pouring out of the face was just. And how about the lady when she uh, she found that little chip, started digging at it, and it shot that, you know, that light into that her mouth. Lightsaber? That lightsaber? And all of a sudden, that... she's her, her mouth is exploded open, looking like the Predator. Uh huh. That was, yeah. I mean, you could tell it's 1982 when these movies mm-hmm. were made, when this movie was, you know, released. So it was probably a year before. But, I mean, they were all, I mean, believable is not the word for the how, but the after effect is is quite engaging and, and actually, I, I think it's, I think they're done very well. Yeah, I agree too. Uh, I love I loved the special effects in this film. How about at the end, when they're running away from the factory before it blows up, how obvious was it that that was a, a green screen and they were just running away from a projected <laughs> image? You got to love it, though, dude. You got to love it. It's it's just it's it's like, OK, I mean, yeah, it's not the best, but it's it, fits. it wasn't the worst, though. Yeah, it could have been worse. I mean, we've watched some where it was painfully obvious. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's not Marvel level, but it's it was pretty close for 1982. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was better than Roger Corman's attempts at those movies. 
It's good stuff, dude. I don't know. Yeah, overall, to me, the special effects. And that's the thing. I have a, such an appreciation for practical effects aside mm-hmm. from you know generated uh, digital or, or even computer-generated effects. The practical stuff for me has always been what drew me. I used to be that kid that, that always wanted to get that the uh, the issue of Fangoria from the the newsstand at the grocery store, but my mom wouldn't let me. I always wanted to though because they always had you know all the different masks and they showed all the gore and just the special effects and the way these things looked in these horror movies. And I wanted to, I wanted to see these things. So when I see them on film and it's not too cheesy, it looks really cool, really good. I I just appreciate. It. I love it. Do you, uh, is Fangoria still in in print? To be honest, I don't know. I really don't. I'd be interested to find out, though. That'd be interesting. Look well, up. now you... Uh, it looks like it still is. Oh, sweet. Now I can. I'll just start my own... Uh, my, my subscription. There you go. We're going to be going into lockdown here soon again anyway. Give myself something to read while I'm sitting around the house. Lucky. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess that's all we can really say on special effects. You know, there was a lot of good pre- practical effects. Um, you know... I, again, you know, I, for what they have, you're talking 1981, 1982. They're pretty on point with this. It wasn't anything that was too hokey. Agreed. I, I think they did it very more than satisfactory. It was it was satisfying, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's go on. Um, any, any memorable scenes, quotes in this film for you? Um, anything stuck out? I, I mean, the end when he's screaming at the TV on the phone. I'm like, who, who's gonna not hang up on you? Uh, right, but I mean, I mean the obviously, I think the whole movie is is you know looking at it from a first time viewing, it's actually pretty memorable. Um, I, you know, it, it's so memorable that none of it is none of it is coming to mind. But yeah. like obviously, yeah, because the, the all jingle, the scenes play out. Yeah, the jingle, the you know, the, I think quite honestly, it's you know, it's it. it gels very well to where like the fight scene where the guy gets his head ripped off the fight scene yeah. where he puts his hand through the guy's stomach and finds out he's a, a you know an automaton i think is what they called it in the in the closed captions yeah yeah um you know and uh you know the whole the fact that they were working on a stonehenge uh like a, a rock from stonehenge was kind of hilarious <laughs> little, um, little pieces of it little flints of those are going inside the little the the chips mm-hmm. for the tags uh yeah it's good stuff well one of the things that always stood out to me and i remember watching when we were i was watching it again it, it's i can't help but laugh because it's funny but it still adds to the charm of this film is at the very beginning when they're be the dude's being chased down by those two men do you remember when the one guy actually has him and starts to choke him on the ground and yep. the guy reaches over and pulls the the you know the block out from under the car the car comes rolling this thing just kind of looks at him and then leans back and <laughs> just takes the car. you know what i mean it is the funniest looking death uh ever but then it, that's almost like that kind of this is a clue that this isn't a, hu- a normal human a normal human would have probably been like ducking out of the way or or you know what i mean yeah, yeah, I, I thought that he. But it's very uh, humorous. Yeah, well, and oh, so here, yes, and and also, it, it's kind of jarring too when when they kill the the old man at the hospital, and then the guy goes out, oh, dumps yeah. himself with gasoline, and then lights it on fire. Yeah, like that. Uh, that kind of set the stage for what the hell's happening here. Yeah, yeah, and I'm telling you, that explosion was nice too. That's that's what I'm saying. Like practical, like mm-hmm. legit things sometimes are far superior to cg style explosions or special effects because when you see that you know just the actual vehicle rock and 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 you know the, oh, it's so awesome 
Yeah, I, I thought it was great. Um, I, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head, but yeah. I just think overall it was, you know, a lot of stuff was very well done. Sweet. Let's get into our rating, dude. Since you're the first time viewer, you go first. Let, let us know what you thought overall of the film and, and your rating of fi- out of five sham- uh, silver shamrocks. Well, so the uh, I, I thought the film was actually very good. I watched it last night after us trying to do this for uh, a, a far too many weekends yeah uh, just because of schedules and whatnot the um for sean fritz this you know, is i thought Chavez. the, the acting so was, we'll was satisfactory the, the pairings were a little odd you know speaking to ellie and the doctor um but then you really figure out that you know you, you get a, lot, a fair amount of character development you get a fair amount of understanding of who who and why and what their reasons are and and you know at, at different stages of the movie um, the 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 mystery and then the ominous nature of of Cochrane, uh, they never really reveal how old he is. But when mm-hmm. they're going there, they you know they go through the town history and they say, well, he founded the town in 1887, and assuming that it's 1980 or so, mm-hmm. he's almost 100 years old and looks pretty svelte for 100. Yeah, he's looking probably mid 60s, maybe 70s. Yeah, yeah. So there's but nobody really calls attention to that the the town people are weird especially that hotel guy he's he is really proud of that hotel and <laughs> he, how they just yeah, replaced the pipes and everything else it's like, right, sure now get out of the room because i want to take a nap type thing <laughs> uh but then you know there were some things that just didn't make sense to me how he kept barging into the office signing in putting 40 dollars under the desk blotter um you know maybe that was a of the time I haven't. I didn't. I never booked a hotel room myself until I was at least twenty-two. So, you know, and at that time it was you don't pay by cash; you pay in advance. Yeah. So yeah, there were yeah. some things that were lost to, you know, to the time frame. Uh, but overall, the story I thought was very even, very solid, uh, engaging, as well as uh, had a nice bow on the end of it. Uh, there were some twists and turns that you didn't see coming, some that you really did. But, you know, all in all, it didn't ruin the movie or anything. So uh, I'd say out of five silver shamrocks, I'm going to have to go with uh, 4.25, four and a quarter silver shamrocks. Very nice. Very nice. That's impressive, especially, again, for somebody that's your first time seeing. It's nice to hear that. We discussed this at the beginning in terms of this film being the one that people panned initially, that this was a garbage film. This was a throwaway film in the Halloween franchise. Uh, and then as the years went on, you know, more people started to look at it and give it a chance in terms of the film and not the expectation. Um, and they found it was a solid film. They found basically a lot of what you said. Sure, there's faults and sure, there's little things you can nitpick and look at and say, uh, but overall, this is a solid, solid film. It's got a great uh, I wouldn't I'm not going to say great. It's got a really good storyline. Uh, you know, the acting, the, 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 the flow of the film, it all plays out pretty well. Like you said, there's actually character development. We see who these characters are and what they're, you know, what's driving them to do what they're doing. Um, you know, again, like you said, the pairing is a little off, but that was the eighties too. So maybe that wasn't off back then. Maybe that was a thing. You know, the older man was kind of the, the younger girls attracted to the older man when we never know the difference in their age either. They're after it's after they had they sleep with each other that he says that she wants to go again he's like wait a minute how old are you she's like i'm a lot older than i look i was like that doesn't tell us how old you are so she for all we know she could be 17 um cue the winger soundtrack uh 
song that's not in the soundtrack. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, dude, this for me, I've always held this film in a higher regard. You know, I don't know what it was. Even when I was younger, even you know, when I first saw it, I was kind of shocked that there wasn't a Michael Myers in it. And I was initially like, I don't know. But then I, I started watching it more and more every year and thought to myself, I like this. I actually like this film. I started looking forward to seeing it because it wasn't part of Michael Myers. It was its own kind of movie. So it felt like a separate, like almost its its own franchise. Um, so yeah, I love this movie. I will watch it every Halloween. Uh, and it was, I was really interested to see what you, how you were going to receive it. Um, again, because it is, it's an older film. You know, some of those things are dated. You know, we don't have payphone. I mean, I don't, I haven't seen a payphone, and I don't know how long. Uh, They're coming back in a big way. Are they? I don't know how that's happening in coronavirus. Well, I mean, this was. Before, you know, they didn't just say, hey, we got to pivot here. Let's put some pay phones out there. <laughs> but yeah, dude, this is, uh, you know, it's uh, for me, it's always been a really good solid film now for a long time. And I'm glad now it's getting the kind of respect it deserves. It's got the cult following, but now even more so in, in uh, mainstream, people are looking at this and taking the film seriously. So for me, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch uh, gets a 4.5 Silver Shamrocks out of 5. It's a it's a super solid film, uh, one that I truly do love. So we're looking at putting that Halloween three season of the witch DVD on the Silence Your Phones DVD shelf. Sean, you want to tell the good people at home what we're doing next time? I will in a minute. Uh, <laughs> uh, I had one final thought here, actually. Oh yeah, yeah. If they didn't include the Michael Myers commercial in the movie. Mm-hmm. This could almost be like a prequel of Michael Myers is a, you know, what, whatever his story is. They could have easily tied or retconned uh, the Michael Myers, quote, re- logic for being, you mm-hmm. know, walking upright and being an asshole with like when this guy died, it released all the all of his evilness and spirits and life longevity and whatever into the world. And it then with the assistance of whatever caused Michael Myers to not be dead anymore, it could have, you know, it it could have caused him to come back from wherever he was not alive at and do his his deal. Yeah. It would have been a a very interesting retcon. Uh, That's the end of that thought. That that was it. (laughs) It's Yeah. It's definitely could have been a possibility for sure. For sure. Or even even something tied to the masks or something. Maybe there was something with the masks and that's who true. Knows. Yeah, good point. Um, but yeah, that's Halloween three season. The witch. Next time we are doing something we've done before. Yeah, we're gonna go back to the uh, like what we did with uh, RoboCop. We're going to do a remake double take. And I don't know, really I like know that it's a remake of, of of sorts, but it's it's a loose remake. At least it has the same name. We're going to talk about the. 1984 hand-drawn Transformers and the 2007 computer-drawn Transformers. It is the year 2005. The treacherous Decepticons have conquered the Autobots' home planet of Cybertron. But from secret staging grounds on two of Cybertron's moons, the valiant Autobots prepare to retake their homeland. Ironhide, report to me at once. 
Every time I look into a monitor, Prime, my circuits sizzle. When are we gonna start busting Deceptor Chops? I want you to make a special run to Autobot City on Earth. But, Prime! Listen, Ironhide. We don't have enough Energon cubes to power a full-scale assault. Ready the shuttle for launch. Your days are numbered now, Deceptor Creeps. This should be fun. Oh, it'll be something. It's <laughs> it's I don't, definitely going to be something. I don't remember in the cartoon, I don't recall there being any type of car washing scenes. But No, I don't. It, maybe, it'll be, who knows? I mean, maybe I forgot. Maybe whatever the little kid was that was in his little Eggbot um, uh, uh, transformer suit, maybe he had to wash it in one of those scenes. And they just maybe. did a gender, gender swap with Megan Fox. We'll have to... We'll have to check it out, dude. We'll have to check it out. This is going to be interesting. I haven't seen uh, Transformers the movies in a long t- uh, Transformers the movie in a long time, um, and oh, I'm gonna, I know I'm going to have to steal myself because it's got that scene that every single, you know, every kid, every almost every single boy that watched Transformers growing up saw this and just felt like the world dropped out from underneath them. Uh, and I don't think I ever felt that way watching 2007. So it's going to be interesting to see these back to back and just kind of compare contrast and 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 soak in it and think of 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 what 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 was what was michael bay thinking what was michael bay thinking yeah and uh question our life choices there you go uh all right everybody thanks so much for listening to another episode of silence your phones uh make sure to head over to bicbp-radio.com check out all the other shows on the network we're pushing almost 40 shows now on our network so go check them out give them some love reach out to them hit up the social medias uh and you know, just make sure you support. Make sure you give ratings on the Apple Podcast. Spotify, does Spotify allow you to rate these? I don't know. I haven't been on Spotify to Couldn't to rate you. a podcast, so I'm not sure. No clue. We are going to start showing up on Amazon Music as well, and start looking for us on Google Music coming soon. Oh, uh, you mean YouTube Music? Because it's all coming. It's all the it's same. All coming. We're all coming. 2021. You're going to see us branching out all over the place. We might start hitting YouTube as well. Uh, but for now, we're still stuck in 2020, and we're looking to hopefully get out of the darkest timeline. For Sean Fritz, this is Chris Chavez. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you guys next time. It's now time to unsilence your phones. 